Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, August 13th, we look at Lesson 7, Indestructible Hope. Together, let's see what role hope plays in our ability to last in the crucible. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, here we are in Lesson 7, Indestructible Hope, and our memory text comes from Romans chapter 5, verse 5, New King James Version. Now hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, what a, what a great, beautiful uh, promise of Scripture. And I just think so much of our Christian experience revolves around this theme of hope. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree, Michael. And looking forward to finding out a little bit more about indestructible hope. So uh, as we move towards there, Michael, tell us about the big picture in Sunday's lesson. Well, before we do that, I can't help but uh, not notice the C.S. Lewis oh, reference from the yeah, we have that. Beaver, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, who said anything about safe? Talking about Aslan, right? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. And uh, one of my favorite lines from uh, Narnia. And, you know, I think that's what we have to remember is that we have a good God. And that although we go through difficult circumstances at times that God is still a good and just God. But all right, moving on to that big picture, right? I love it. <laughs> and so it's hard to see a good God when we're in pain and when there are challenges and things happen. And, you know, Buster, you and I were just talking earlier how, uh, of course, this is nice because we can actually be together because there's uh, some of our students are getting married. So yes, to be able yes. to kind of connect and, and actually do... Uh, do a couple of these uh, episodes together in person and um, we're reflecting on a friend of ours at uh, I know we've mentioned this before Jeff Dale who was at at Baylor and tragically passed away in a mountaineering accident Um, sometimes we don't always know what that big picture is no we can't I can't explain that dear dear friend and um, an absolutely tragic loss and so we have to uh, in moments like that we don't understand Um, in the midst of our pain and suffering and hurt, uh, why, why those things are happening. And, and this is why our lesson here this week hones in on Habakkuk, uh, chapter one, the first four verses, Mm -hmm. uh, which is this, this one of the minor prophets, you know, sometimes we don't spend a lot of time there, you know, kind of easy to gloss over those those passages. Anyways, Habakkuk is complaining. How long, Lord, must I call for help and you do not listen, right? Or cry out to you violence, Mm -hmm. but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice and why do do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked then uh, hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. And it's, it's easy to look around and see that mm. in our midst. You know, it's, you know, why is this happening? It's this true. is just why? wrong. This is wrong. And you know it's wrong. And it seems like there is no justice in the land. When, when will there, these things be resolved? And, and sometimes in our lifetime and in our per, limited, finite perspective, we may not see those things 
and from the perspective of the big picture of, of God's picture, right? And um, when we're there, we need to find opportunities to hope. Um, I was reminded of this listening uh, to a friend of mine, Lisa Diller at Southern, chair right. of the history department, um, who was challenging me in a, a recent presentation that she gave talking about um, talking about hope. And, mm-hmm. and she's talking about a theology of disgust, uh, these kinds of things that um, we like to separate ourselves. We, we like to other. We like to, because we want to make ourselves feel better about ourselves, right? Right. And, and I think part of that is, that's just human nature, um, it, to, to do those kinds of things. But to kind of bring this back to Habakkuk, you know, um, whatever that othering might be, God calls us to a different, different kind of way of looking at things, a different kind of perspective and I think that, and I think that's where Lisa was going. I, you know, I don't want to speak for her, but um, I, to kind of relate it to our lesson here yeah. is to, to we are called to uh, be patient. We're called to be patient and e- to e- remain hope, hopeful. E- easier said than done, right? Easier said than done. And easier for some people than other people. Some yes, people are more optimists than other people. Um, I, I tend to be maybe be a little more pessimistic. <laughs> maybe it's we become more pessimistic as we get older. I don't know. Critical, critical. Cri- there you go. In, in the best possible yes, sense yeah. of the term, right? Cri- critical thinking, Michael. That's right. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and, and this brings us to our second passage in Habakkuk, chapter two, verses two and three. And and by the way, this is a famous passage in yes, Adventist history, going back to the Millerites. Um, they love to quote this passage, um, but let's read it first, and I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, and the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. And though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It, it will. will not tarry. And by the way, since I, I teased everyone with the Adventist history thing, the write it and make it plain upon tables, they interpreted that as um, the need to develop prophecy charts, the original visual aids these huge charts and so when they read this they said oh we're the prophetic chart the 1843 chart all those things um this is a fulfillment of bible prophecy too uh and so they saw inspiration and affirmation for the work that they were doing which i think i think is very interesting very cool how people how scripture speaks to different people at different times and places and god God used that yeah absolutely um but the point coming back to our lesson for this week is when we're in the midst of pain and frustration is that we have a reminder the although it that it, it that there will be a closure to this world of sin mm-hmm. and that we need to remain in a posture of patiently waiting with the fervent expectation that it will eventually come. So patiently waiting. And, and I think the best word for that is hope. Hope. So Amen. beautiful, beautiful reminder here. Uh, but in the midst of, of uh, patiently waiting, we need to think carefully about and remember who our father is. Yeah. So Monday's lesson. Great segue there, Michael. Oswald Chambers. Uh, yeah, he's a great great writer right yeah if you've never read my utmost for his highest please please pick it up amazing Um, but here's a quote that says have you been asking God what he is going to do he will never tell you God does not tell you what he is going to do he reveals to you who he is beautiful Uh, and and this is coupled with 
Job's story, and it's one of the hard. When when I came to age, came of age, and understood that Job never found out why. You know, because reading his story from our point of view, it's like, oh yeah, you know, Satan, t- uh, Satan challenged, and God mm-hmm. said, "Have you considered my servant Job?" And mm-hmm. and not not realizing, Job never got to read his own story. Wow. He just lived his own story. We just so, kind of assume, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and as far as we know, <laughs> he never found out, right? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe God revealed it to him. Uh, yeah. But as as you're but, reading uh, Job chapter 42, verses 1 through 6, and I'll mm-hmm. just go through that quickly here, uh, yeah. Michael, as I'm turning there to it. It says, then Job, an- uh, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything, and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I've uttered what I did not understand. Things too wonderful, too, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak, you said. I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye see you. My eye, my eye sees you. Therefore, I pour myself and repent in dust and ashes. In other words, let me just say this. You are God, and I am not. Wow. And I'm sorry for questioning that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's one of the hardest things because in yeah. our human life, we have, we have power. Mm-hmm. We have choice. We have, we have rationality. We have command. We have so many different things. And sometimes I think that just with that little tiny speck of power, we sometimes place ourselves in the mm. place of God. Yeah. And Job came here, and you see in 42, uh, 42 1 through 6, and saying, yeah, who was I? My, my fault, God. I recognize that you are God and I am not. Mm. Uh, and so... I guess that's the temptation, right, Buster? That we want to put ourselves really in the place of God. We don't consciously maybe think of it that way. But I guess that's kind of our default. But By the way, listen here. One of the things I love about being with uh, Michael and, and uh, being friends with him, there's things in Adventist history or current history. <laughs> that I want to, Michael, what's, what's going on with this? Michael, you usually has an answer <laughs> well i don't know about that well especially we, especially having his history well we have a lot of fun together <laughs> yes we do well, well let's just say this we are having dinner or lunch together yesterday with the Adventist pastor and he said you know what i heard this about ellen white is this true and michael without pause actually <laughs> well yes and this is where it's found and it's, it's just really wow neat. You're, you're you're being too kind but i did tell him uh, he could just call Ellen White because we have her phone number. <laughs> <laughs> we found it in an old phone directory. Yeah, and fun uh, times. Have you tried to call it though? No. All right, good. All yeah. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, phone numbers back then were only two digits. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you call and say, "I I need uh, Saint Helena, and I need digit 55." Oh, there we or, go. <laughs> actually, I think it was 54 and 56. She had two lines, Buster. She had two. She was so two busy, lines, right? Two lines. <laughs> Anyways, a little Adventist history trivia there for you. So as we're looking at that, just remembering that God is God and that mm. we are not. And then yeah. our duty, as you can see there, that very last line is is to do what? Mm. Repent and dust and ash. I, abhor, I abhor myself. Listen, don't mm-hmm. abhor yourself. But yeah. go back and repent for putting yourself on the same level as God. Wow. And surrender, surrender to him and depend on him. Yeah. And so now, Michael... Now that we know who our father is, tell us about our father's presence. Yeah. So, you know, so much about life is just about relationships and showing up and being present. Right. And yes, uh, in fact, I was recalling, well, we've been hanging out this weekend for this wedding. 
this whole thing about, um, well, the first time we met, really, you know, and, yeah. and the little things in life that really matter that, that contribute to friendships and relationships, relational moments, right? And uh, I was, uh, we were going through orientation for as new faculty some years ago, and I was lost on campus. I'd been delayed, and then you walked back to make sure that I found my way. And I've never forgotten that, you know, that you, you didn't have to do that. But a lot, of, a lot of just ministry in life is just about showing up and being present. It's not the big things. It's often the little things. Mm. And I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, and, of course, the presence that matters the most is that of our Heavenly Father. There we and go. it may not always feel like we have the presence of our Father with us. We may be a little bit... Um, Maybe hard to see in the immediate pain and challenges of day-to-day -day life, but this passage in Isaiah gives us some reasons uh, for hope. We've been talking about hope, but reasons for hope uh, that in which we can sense the Father's presence. Uh, these these are promises um, that that convey God's value upon us in that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so one of them is. Uh, he says, don't be afraid, don't fear, because I'll be with you. So the most obvious thing is God's presence, you know, through right, the Holy right. Spirit, right? But then here's some other ways that, that we see it in a tangible way. I will strengthen you and help you. There's, there's times when we get tired. I get tired. Yeah, I, know, you know? I get tired, And we just yes. say, hey, God, I, I need some extra help, some extra strength. I says, I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, and then here, this is a very interesting promise, verse 11. All who rage against you will be uh, surely be ashamed and disgraced. Um, because our natural tendency is want to get even with people, right? right. So if somebody did this against you, let's, let's get even. No, we can trust that God will take care of it. Mm. It's not our job to get even, even if someone has truly wronged um wronged us right um those who oppose you will be nothing and perish okay so so we don't need to worry about you know those who are opposed and trying to harm us right these kinds of things and then you'll search for your enemies you'll not find them those who wage war against you will be nothing at all for i am the lord your god this is a beautiful promise here who takes hold of your right hand and says do not fear I will help you. So I just love that image of God that he is present. And because of that, we don't have to be afraid. We can be, we can trust that he will be with us, give us strength. Amen. He will help us. We don't have to fear. We live in a world of a lot of anxiety and maybe for really good do. reason, right? Yeah, because yeah. I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world. Yeah. A lot crazy of uncertainty. stuff, a lot of uncertainty, but we can know that God loves us and promises to be present in our lives and um, that's that's just so beautiful but not only is he present but he has plans so buster talk to us about that yeah so wednesday's lesson our father's plans for us uh, michael i'm gonna i'm just gonna ask this question because i think mm. it's a great starter question it says for others uh our hope grows out of financial security or a stable marriage uh, for some people it's found in a smile of a friend mm. where do you normally look for hope and courage so michael where do you look, normally look for hope and courage Wow, yeah, that's such a that's such a profound question, right? Yeah. Um, I I think for me, um, a couple of different places. Uh, one of them is finding just quiet moments with God. Amen. Uh, and and sometimes it doesn't have to be fancy, and sometimes it's not early in the morning or late at night. It's just being 
just taking little moments. Uh, it could be sometimes just taking my dog for a walk around the neighborhood, you know? Um, right, right, not, right. Not, not anything really spectacular. It's yeah. just, you know, hey, um, and just a chance to, to be with God. Um, other places that encourage me and give me hope that I'm thinking of, um, I have seen um, a couple of things where I've seen key church administrators and denominational leadership without getting any specifics where I have been able to notice that they've made really important decisions. Maybe not anything that anyone will notice or people will get credit for, right? but prayed through carefully and doing it in a way for the benefit of the church and the benefit of other people, putting other people before themselves. Mm. And a lot of those kinds of things don't get noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it gives me hope because I see church leaders. Sometimes we talk about all the failures of the church, right? Or right. mistakes, and it's easy to point those things out. But we don't always do a good job at, at and, and maybe we don't need to because, you know, then it puff up people's pride or egos. Yeah. But, you know, that gives me confidence in the church, hope in the church and the mission of the church that God is God is working. He is. God is working. He's with us. Um, another thing I see, hope. Um, seeing a couple this weekend that are tying the knot. Amen. Seeing them fall in love. Yeah. Um, it gives me hope for the future. Um, and I think also hearing people that challenge me to think more carefully. Uh, I mentioned earlier in this podcast, uh, Lisa Diller's presentation, that offered me some hope in my life because um, it reminds me and challenges me to think carefully about my Christian experience and how I treat other people. And I, that again, I appreciate an optimistic kind of take. She's Lisa Diller's an optimist and, and people like that give me hope for the church because they challenge the church Amen. collectively to think more carefully and lovingly. Anyways, I, I don't know. That's a very long response. I'm no, sorry. That's all right. It's all right. Yeah. No, that, that's what I asked for. And you know, it's a couple on that, Michael. I, mm -hmm. I find hope in so many yeah, different things yeah. and courage in a lot of different things, but in relationships that I have of people okay. and hearing uh -huh. their stories uh -huh. and their testimonies. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a prayer partner I talk with every yeah. Monday. He's a missionary. I won't say where, but he's in an Asian country mm -hmm. and uh, he was a, he was a nurse here. Wow. And he and his family picked up everything and they wow. moved over there. They're giving seven years plus. He's like, now, mm -hmm. you know, they're coming up to year five. So we're going to give more. But hearing his testimony of what they have and what they don't have mm. about how blessed they are and seeing God move and work miracles, it just gives me hope that mm -hmm. God is not just moving here in the United States. He's moving all around other the world, places. right? Yeah. Uh, talking with other pastoral friends and mm. encouraging them, praying with them, students, right? Seeing yeah. God move. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I had the privilege and honor to preach at the Crowley Seventh-day Adventist Church. And man, the mm. Holy Spirit is just moving. And I just asked for anyone who to be baptized. I said, you know, I'm not going to do the whole thing because we're hungry. If you want to be baptized, come talk to myself or Pastor Keating. And three people came up afterwards. Beautiful. Said, we want to give our lives to Christ, right? So, Amen. you know, you see hope in that, that God is still moving. He's still striving with this. Mm -hmm. And this lesson brings out Jeremiah 29, 1 through 10. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we oftentimes yeah. love to just quote uh, 11, sometimes 13. Yeah, those uh, most famous I, parts. Yeah, yeah. the plans I have for you. But the plan is to take you off to captivity so he can save you. Has not 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 a very happy plan. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's his hope, right? Because he yeah. wants to save us eternally, wow. not just in the temp, uh, not just temporarily. And so, uh, twenty nine four, I carried Judah into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Uh, though, e uh, 
though evil seems to surround them, Judah has never left the center of God's hand. So mm -hmm. this is just highlighting what the, the lessons bring out because uh, they want these uh, particular verses read. So verse 7, mm -hmm. also seek the peace and prosperity of the city, which I also have carried you into exile. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, uh, verse 10, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. So in other words, you're going to be carried off to captivity, but behold, there's this, this prophecy that you're going to hold on to that I will come again. Mm. And isn't that what we're living for today? We're yeah. holding on to the messianic prophecy that Jesus is coming again the second time. Beautiful promise. But it's not just that though, right? Yeah. Michael, it's also yeah. that he's going to be with us. Lo, I'm with you always. On the journey. Even to the end of the age. So we mm -hmm. have a God who's not only going to be with us, but he's also currently in the present on with the us journey. as well. Yeah. And so that's where we can find our hope. So Michael finishes off with Thursday's lesson, Our Father's Discipline. Yeah, I'm not sure we're finishing with discipline. It doesn't sound like what parent likes to discipline their child, right? No. But uh, I suppose there's some. But, uh, you know, I really, I don't, I don't think so. You know, and no. Hebrews 12, uh, 5 through 13 gives this analogy uh, where it's described for us the a parent who disciplines their child and basically the idea that you you don't discipline someone someone else's child if you're in the grocery no. store and you see a kid misbehaving you don't go up and be like you know yeah you know because immediately the parent's gonna be like uh leave my child alone yeah I'm, I'm the parent get yeah, out get we're, out of here yeah so uh but when you when you are the parent uh and our heavenly father is our parent right um, and it talks about that there there are these moments of discipline. It says, endure hardship as discipline because God is treating you as his children. So we're reminded that God is our heavenly parent. Right. Uh, and these kinds of things are um, not necessarily because God wants us, but because because he allows it and uh, at times and, and because he, he cares that as we go through these experiences that... Um, uh, verse 10 says, they disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. So in other mm. words, the experiences of life work towards an ultimate purpose. Um, not that God wants these bad things to happen, but through them, God can bring about still yet good. And um, so it, it helps us to grow, helps us to, challenges us to, to, to grow. And so um, in, in response to that, uh, this is what the lesson's asking, um, is this a posture, I think, of, of humility and a willingness to allow God to, um, uh, to, to be patient, um, to allow, um, allow that, uh, those, that discipline uh, to uh, bring forth fruits of righteousness that we may grow, that we may be trained by it, right? Amen. So that, that's ultimately what discipline is. It's never fun uh, to go through that. It's probably even harder, I would say, now as a parent to administer <laughs> discipline too, right? I yeah, mean, as they're getting older, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but yet uh, we're reminded we truly have a God who loves us. Yes. And, and I think that's, uh, I remember a Wednesday night prayer meeting. Matter of fact, it was, uh, it was one of my elders who was doing it. And, you know, he had, he, had, he had, all his kids were grown at the time. And he said, you know what? He's like, I realized I did something incredibly wrong in raising my children. Uh-oh. He's like, they were such good kids. 
they were excellent kids. He said, but I taught them how to obey me out of fear. Wow. And he said, if I could go back, he's like, please. He's like, he looked at me straight up. He's like, Pastor, your kids are so young right now. Please teach them how to obey you out of love. What a, what a profound moment. Yeah, and it, it, man, it really stuck with me. It's like, I don't want my kids to be afraid of me. Mm-hmm. I want them to see my love and I want them to respond to my love. Um, and, and so it was, it was a profound moment. So when I think of our father's discipline, mm-hmm. just recognizing at the base of it, he is love. And because he loves us, he chastens us. Mm-hmm. According to Deuteronomy chapter 8, right? It's a, and so, so remember that as he brings the discipline, it's because he wants to spend eternity with us. Beautiful. And he's sharpening our characters to become more like him. But we still have a choice. Yeah. So just because just you discipline a child doesn't mean it's going to correct their behavior. It means that you're trying to. Yeah. Uh, they still have a choice in the matter. And so hopefully we choose to uh, love the things that God loves and hate, hate the things that hate God hates. You know, someone has described, you know, our core Adventist identity, what makes us Adventists. And one way to answer that question is to say that we are a people of hope. Amen. Amen. We're people of hope. Yeah. And so through all of this, uh, out of love, like as you were, you know, your elder was talking, you know, to obey out of love, um, all of these things, to me, there's no better way to describe our Adventist identity than as a people of hope. Amen. Well, I think that puts a wrap for another week. I believe so. So this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahoo.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.